0: This segment uh, is about something that comes close to my heart and my head seems nowadays everything is an issue we don't seem to drill down into the root of the problem and uh, I'm a great fan of the uh, Chicago Tribune uh, particularly on Sunday that's where I learn so much about what I'm going to go into but also foreign affairs. On the front page of last Sunday's uh, Tribune, July 26, 2020, uh, front page, was disinvestment is rooted in policy. Black, Latino communities are still negatively impacted. I'm gonna read from this, the introduction to this article. It's an oft-quoted statistic. White families have significantly more wealth than non-white families in America, nearly 10 times that of black families. The racial wealth gap continues to greatly impact the differences in opportunity and access from long-term health outcomes of a global pandemic to education and income levels, to what happens when a business doesn't make enough money. Wealth inequality exists primarily because of legal, federal, and local policies that prioritize white wealth, says Darlene Hightower, vice president at Rice University's Community Healthy Equity Office. When you're thinking, I quote, when you're thinking about why white wealth is preserved and protected and black wealth isn't, I think it's just our our origin story, like in superhero movies she said I think our country has an origin story and it is built on well it says here racism um, racist policies oppression and white privilege when she I think she's trying to say supremacy it's an origin origin story we can't seem to get beyond and then it goes into redlining which were ways that the blacks were kept from expanding into the white suburbs. But the more important part of this article is uh, it's rooted in policy. And Chicago is a city that's divided. It's divided in the, in the white suburbs and northern part of Cook County and in the southern part of Cook County resides majority black Hispanic census tracts. Uh, A city divided. Although the total percentage of Chicago's population is black, Hispanic, and white is similar, the areas where these folks live are very different. The demographics of Chicago show a city split into separate areas. The map below shows census tracts where there is a majority of one race or ethnicity. And it's so dramatic that if you want to pull that that edition of the newspaper, there is definitely a uh, the other side of the tracks, south of the tracks, north of the tracks. Chicago demographics white thirty-three and a third percent, nine hundred thousand. Black twenty nine percent, around eight hundred thousand, Hispanic twenty nine percent, right around eight hundred thousand, Asians six point six percent, two hundred thousand, and other uh less than a hundred <clears> thousand. The impacts on wealth, the long term effects of limiting property ownership impact wealth and income in Chicago today and probably in every major city in the country. I'm adding that. Black Americans are less likely to get first-time home loans, and the percentage of black Chicagoans under the poverty line is more than five times that of white Chicagoans. Percent of housing units occupied by the owner. This comes from uh, statistics in Chicago 2018. White owners 48%, black 22%, Hispanic, 22, a little over 22%. Percentage of approved first time home loans, this was Illinois 2017, 79% white, 12% white, uh, black. Median incomes, uh, adults over 18, Chicago 2018. Whites, uh, right around 89,000. Blacks, 34,000. Hispanics, 48,000. Then there are the impacts on education. The discrepancy between generational wealth in white and non-white families means that, among the other touted resources that improve one's life, a college education isn't easily obtained if you're not white. Percent of schools with increasing enrollments from 2014 to 2020, white-majority schools, 73%, black-majority schools, 18% Hispanic majority schools 23% percent with bachelor's degrees it's adults over 18 Chicago 2018 statistics white 64% black 21% Hispanics uh, about 17% percent unemployed for 16 and older Chicago 2018 statistics white percent black 15.3 percent hispanics 8.7 percent impacts on business investment the system of neighborhood investment shaped by redlining affects businesses and food choices presented to the residents of these neighborhoods limited access to healthy foods chicago statistics 2015 white 14%, black, 32%, Hispanic, 12%. Percent of receiving food stamps, households includes those on SNAP, which are the food stamps um, program, Chicago 2018 statistics, white, 11%, black, 60%, Hispanics, 23%. Percent of U.S. businesses by owner, race, ethnicity. Chicago Metro Area 2016. White, 73%. Black, 2%. Hispanic, 7%. Impacts on health. Latino Chicagoans are more than twice as likely to be uninsured than their white counterparts. But this is only where the discrepancies begin. A lack of incentives for incentives for clinics and pharmacies to open means that getting medicine or treatment can be very dif- different—a very different process depending on where you live. Percent uninsured, Sh- Chicago 2018 statistics: White, 17 percent; Black, 29 percent; Hispanic, 47 percent. Preventable hospitalizations per 100,000. People, Chicago's 2017 statistics, white 112, blacks 300, Hispanics 170. And with the uh, pandemic, it's probably even more skewed. Life expectancy, Chicago 2017 statistics, white 80, black 71, Hispanic 79. Uh, so, you know, looking at this in a Uh, under a microscope to try to drill down to the root of the problems. I think you can take that and lay that template across every city, major city in the country, and you're going to get some more results. So, if that's the problem, what are we going to do about it? And that's what this this, uh, podcast is all about. Uh, I've got some thoughts of my own, of what I call My America, which is a poem from my uh, poetry book of The Eighth Wonder of the World. There are some other poems about my vision of the world, and again, drilling down into where we uh, need to start solving the problem. This This is not an issue between political parties. This is what I would call a pursuit of humanism. It's not racism, fascism, socialism, capitalism, ism, ism, isms. This whole thing is about humanism. So I also have a presentation on that. So I hope you enjoy this, uh, this uh, podcast. This is uh, recording number two of my favorite poem, in uh, my poetry book, The Eighth Wonder of the World. It's called My America, the Bountiful. My America is the feeling of freedom. It's the feeling good when you get up in the morning and can decide what you're going to do that day, who you're going to see, and what you're going to say. It's the feeling that you can make a difference. It's the feeling you can produce your product, you can sell your produce, and you can benefit from your hard work unhindered. It's the feeling when you help your children with their homework so they'll be able to see their knowledge for growth, for maturity, for the good of the country. It's the feeling when you send them off to school knowing they will receive a concerned teacher's attention, sensitivity, and guidance, and knowing as they grow up they will thrive on their freedom to communicate, to express themselves, to direct their own destiny. It's the feeling when they graduate from grade school, junior high, and high school that they are taking the steps towards a better life. And when you give their hand away in matrimony, that happiness shall be theirs. For together, as husband and wife, they can create the same and even more opportunities for their offspring. It's the feeling when you can unchain your dog and watch her run, free for at least a little while to watch the expression on her face when she She's released from the shackles and the sadness that reappears when she must be chained. My America is the freedom of choice to buy the bread I want to buy, to acquire the goods I can afford to acquire, to invest my capital I have saved in ventures I want to take for the good of my family and my country. Continued. My country is being able to communicate in writing, speaking, and in whatever form language takes, my opinions, my thoughts, my prayers, my visions, and my dreams to those who want to listen and to those enemies of America, of the America way who in themselves have not discovered America. My America is the blooming rose that has the freedom to grow toward a clear sky and warm sun, being able to complete the, its cycle from bloom to plumage to autumn, to a dormant grave only to rise again. My America is the personal commitment to grab opportunities that will better the country and to set an example for those who follow. What you give must be in proportion to what you take or the erosion shall remove the sky, the sun, and the earth from our grasp. For in our America, and the world resources are limited. The energy, though absolute, is redistributed by our wills. The more astute, the more free we are to create, the better the use of the resources. And left in God's hands, through our America, we create goodwill, good products, good people, and peace of mind. My America, the bountiful. Oh yes, my America, the vision of the poet, the words of the orator, And the minds of the leaders, be kind, be patient, be wise, but above all, humble to the reasons and the heritage of our freedom. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil ventures and purposes. For thine is mine America, as the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. So help us, God. Amen.